Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. I love the rarefied air of heaven. You know what identity theft is, but I want to tell you about the original identity theft. As a matter of fact, this person was put in the witness protection program against his will for 2,000 years. His name, Yeshua in Hebrew, Jesus in English, and my guest says it's time to bring Jesus, the one called the King of the Jews out of the Witness Protection Program. Uh, So, you're a young college student. Uh, You're into drugs. Your major purpose is fun. You're Jewish, uh, identity, but not too religious. And your best friend becomes a Jesus freak. (laughs) Ron, how did that affect you? Your friendship, anyway. Uh, it about ruined my friendship when my best friend Brian came to me and told me that he now is a born-again believer in Jesus. Now, the word born again, it meant what to you? It meant freak. <laughs> it meant crazy. <laughs> it meant religious nut. And uh, there was a dramatic change in his life. He began to share the good news with me, and I said, Brian, uh, I'm Jewish, and if there's one thing I know about being Jewish, we don't believe in Jesus, or at least that's what I was taught. Well, Brian was very persistent, and one day he told me, I actually asked him, I said, Brian, if, are you actually telling me that if I'm not born again like you, I didn't even know what that meant, Sid, but if I'm not born again... I know you didn't know. <laughs> you know how I know you didn't know. I'm Jewish, too. <laughs> so I said, are you saying I have to be born again to go into heaven? I, I didn't believe in heaven. I didn't believe in... I thought maybe there's a God, but I certainly didn't know him. And Brian looked at me and he said, Ron, yes, you must be born again. And when he said that, I knew it was the truth. I don't know how I knew it was the truth, but it scared me half to death. And I said, I said, Brian, I said, there is nothing in the Bible about being born again, which is really funny because I had never read not only the New Testament, I never read the Old Testament. And I said, there's nothing in the Bible about being born again. He opens up the new covenant to John chapter three, where Yeshua says, and except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And it was like swords coming out of heaven. I was just, I didn't know what to do. And but, but, but he wanted to be 
right with God if there is a God. And so he didn't know what to do. So he's in college, and one day another friend who's a Christian takes him to a Christian movie. Uh, what happened? Well, this fellow Dean found out that I was a believer. We had a, a conversation a few days before about Yeshua, about Jesus. And as we're talking, I suddenly felt the presence of God. I didn't know what it was. I'd never felt it, but there was just an incredible supernatural peace. Well, he says, Ron, I want to take you to a movie about Jesus. Two days later, we went to the movie in Durham, North Carolina. And at the end of the movie, we're both crying. I mean, it was a as far as movies go, a powerful movie, but it was a movie. I, I wasn't going to become born again because of a movie. We get in the car, we're driving home, and nobody's talking. And we get about a half hour back. It's an hour drive. We're a half hour back to school. And I said, God, I have to know the truth. Is Jesus the Messiah? Or, or do I need to become an Orthodox Jew or, or a Buddhist? Or, just show me how to serve you and I'll do it. And the next thing I remember is Dean loses control of the car. It begins to swerve from side to side, flips over upside down in a ditch. My goodness, was it totaled? <laughs> the car was totaled. Were you totaled? Not a scratch on either one of us. And that was my first prayer. That's when I realized that prayer is power. And uh, we got out of the car. We went to, there was only one house within miles. We knock on the door and lo and behold, two wonderful believers in Yeshua, Jesus, answered the door and, and Next thing you know, I'm sitting in their living room and I'm asking them about Yeshua. I said, if Jesus was the Messiah, why didn't he get off the cross and just prove it to everyone? And you see, all I knew up until that point is that I needed to be born again, but I didn't know why. They explained to me about sin, that I was a sinner, that Yeshua came to die for me, that he could have easily gotten off the cross, but he chose to die as a sacrifice for me and that through faith in him, I could have eternal life. Well... I didn't understand anything with their blood, sacrifice, lambs, except for the fact that the power and presence of God was falling on top of me. And when I say... Said, oh, I wait have, a second, Ron. You, you told me you were into drugs in college. Uh, so weren't you in a drug trip that was like that? <laughs> that was my first thought. I thought, did I take anything today? And I hadn't. And I wasn't a, I wasn't a drug addict. I was a drug user. Right. And... Uh, but this power was, there are no words in English. The only, the, at the time, I thought this is a force field of electricity coming off of me about a foot in every direction. And I finally stopped her and I said, what is this? And she said, she, they were Baptists. She said, what is what? And I said, what is this power I'm feeling? And I believed. I was born again. I walked out of that house a new creature, went back to school. Everyone wanted to know about the car accident. I said, no, I have to tell you about Jesus. You mean immediately you started talking about Jesus? Well, that's what Brian had been doing for the eight months previous. That's all I saw him do. That was my example. Okay. Now, as a Jewish man... I, I don't quite get this. He says that Jesus went into a witness protection program <laughs> and he has just come out and he wants to tell you who the true Jesus is. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. My passion is for you to walk in divine health 24-7. That's why I handpicked my favorite healing scriptures from many translations of the Bible, personalized them for you, and made them available in this free ebook. 
I want you to meditate or pray out loud these scriptures over your life daily and witness the supernatural healing power of God's kingdom come upon you. Download your free Healing Scriptures ebook now. We now return to It's Supernatural. So, Ron Cantor, Jewish college student, after fun, into drugs, which all, you know, all the college kids are into, has an encounter where electricity goes through his body. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah, and he goes back to campus, and the first thing he does is tell everyone alive that Jesus is the Messiah. Ron, what would you tell a Jewish person that's watching us right this moment the best reason why Jesus is the Messiah or what they should do? Well, I would say think for yourself. Um, you know, one of the first things Jewish people do when they are intrigued with the person of Jesus is they go to their rabbi, who then looks up to see what the, the sages and the scholars thought before him. But rarely does someone actually think for themselves. What I did is I went to the Bible and began to read it for myself. You see, I discovered that Yeshua actually was involuntarily put into a witness protection program so that the Jewish people of the world would not understand that this man Jesus, who over a billion Gentiles follow, not only was he Jewish, all of his followers were Jewish. In fact, here's, a, here's an incredible fact, Sid. When I got born again in 1983, the first thing I said to myself was, I guess I'm no longer Jewish. I, I, now that I believe in Jesus, just through osmosis, growing up in the synagogue, we were made to understand that you could not mix Jesus and Judaism. But as I began to read the New Covenant, they're all Jewish. The entire early congregation were all Jews. On the day of Shavuot, when the Holy Spirit fell, uh, fell on Jerusalem, Peter, whose actual name was Kepha, uh, which means rock, he stood up and preached to thousands upon thousands of Jews. We know that at least 3,000 Jewish men that day became believer. they were believers. They were immersed in water. We know that many years later when Paul visits Jerusalem, Jacob, which is actually the name of James, nobody ever called him James, great name for a butler or a chauffeur, but, but not for the brother of a Jewish-Israeli Messiah. His name was Jacob. Wait, 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 wait. My Bible says James. How come? Well, that's because it's a mistranslation. Uh, most Bibles in other languages actually properly call him Jacob. That was his name. The, the, the actual Greek for James and Jacob are very close. And when the King James folks were authorized to translate the Bible, they substituted Ichamus for Ichabus. And so... It okay. So, but, but, Sounds but, Jacobod to me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but a story about James, Peter, Paul, Mary, that is not a Jewish story. But when this guy named Paul, who a lot of people are taught that his name was Paul, then he got born again and he changed it from Saul to Paul to get rid of his horrible Hebrew name and then take on a wonderful Christian name. Of course, there were no Christian names at that time. Paul was just a Latin, typical Roman name. Uh, but he didn't change his name. The Bible says... 
Saul, who was also called Paul. He had two names, just like I do, just like you do. As Jews, we grow up outside of Israel with a name. My name is Ron, which is what people call me in most countries of the world. But I also have a Hebrew name, Chaim, which means life, by the way. Paul had two names. But this guy, Paul, Shaul, comes into Jerusalem, meets Jacob, the brother of Yeshua. This is beginning to sound so Jewish. How did something so Jewish become we can't be Jewish and believe in him. It makes no sense to me. Well, the way it happened, let me just finish up real quick. He comes and he finds Jacob. Jacob says, Paul, look how many tens of thousands of Jews right here in Jerusalem have believed and are zealous for the Torah. There was a Jewish revival in Jerusalem in the greater, what we call the greater Tel Aviv area today in, in Galilee. Here's a funny thing. I said earlier in 1983 that I thought I was no longer Jewish till I began to read the Bible. But in the new covenant, the big controversy wasn't can a Jew believe in Jesus and still be Jewish? It was can a Gentile believe in Jesus without first becoming Jewish. There were many evangelists telling Gentiles who wanted to come into the kingdom, great, you can come in, but you have to be circumcised and become Jewish. They had a big council in Acts chapter 15 to decide not if a Jew is still a Jew. Of course, Peter and Paul and Jacob, they were, of course they were still Jews. They had to decide, do Gentiles have to first become Jewish? How, the, how did this whole thing get turned upside down, and frankly, what I see the difference it makes to Jewish people if we find out that Jesus is one of ours, Yeshua, uh, he, he's a, a, a nice son of a Jewish carpenter, uh, you know, uh, that I understand, but what difference would it make for a Gentile that is a believer in Jesus to know these things? Because if you love Yeshua, you want to know who he is. You want to know everything. I got married 25 years ago, and I'm still discovering wonderful insights about my wife. How much more Yeshua, the author of the New Covenant, you, if you view him as a blonde hair, blue-eyed Gentile from Finland, you're missing out on some of the most special features of the Jewish Messiah. He came in response to the prophecies of the Jewish prophets, not to start a new religion, but to bring salvation through the world through his blood. He was the Passover lamb, not the Easter meal. Uh, speaking of the feasts, did Yeshua observe all of these feasts? Did all the Jewish believers observe these feasts? Absolutely. They, they were Jews. They, they, what, what, what is, again, going back to Acts 21, Jacob says to Shaul, Paul, he says, look how many of these tens of thousands of Jews have believed and they're zealous for the Torah. Now when they celebrated the Passover, it had incredible meaning that it didn't have before. Now they could see Yeshua, the Passover lamb. When they celebrated the fall feast, the feast of tabernacles, they could dream of the day when Yeshua would come back. Like it says in Zechariah 14, his feet will come to the Mount of Olives to fight for Israel and to establish his kingdom on earth. Of course they celebrate the feast. That was the example of Yeshua. We find Yeshua in John chapter 7 going to Jerusalem. Why? To celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. We so, so let me ask you this question. If a Gentile Christian loves Jesus with all of their heart and hates the Jewish people because uh, let's say they say uh, the Jews killed Jesus, did the Jews kill Jesus? Uh, yeah, 
and so did the Gentiles. And, and well, wait a second. <laughs> if you have the Jews and Gentiles together, guess who you got? The whole world. We'll be right back. Don't go away. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Who is the real Jesus? Great artists, epic motion pictures, and books have depicted Jesus in ways that make him appear relevant to various cultures, ethnicities, and religions throughout time. It's as if the real Jesus has been placed in a witness protection program. What if you were able to travel back in time and walk with and talk to the real Jesus in the New Testament? Israeli Messianic Pastor Ron Cantor's brand new book is a revelation of the Jewish Jesus that will build your faith to believe God for the supernatural. Call now to get Ron Cantor's powerful and riveting book, Identity Theft, and his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection Releases the Favor of God. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9215. And I was just so excited that through this story that people would meet the real Jesus. They would meet Him at the time of his crucifixion and see what he went through. But even more than that, they would get the gospel from a Jewish point of view. He is the Jewish Messiah. Through this life-changing must-read book, you will better understand the precious gift of new covenant grace that Jesus provided for you through his death as Messiah, the Passover lamb. The powerful blessings that are yours, not only from the New Testament, but also those promised by God to Abraham, Moses, and the prophets of the Old Testament. Through the Jewish eyes of the early church, better understand and the meaning behind the words Jesus spoke, the parables he shared, and truths he taught. Receive an impartation of the supernatural for every area of your life and get to know Jesus in a more intimate way. I have so many emails from evangelical believers that will say, Ron, I grew up in a church. I didn't care about the Jewish Jewishness of Jesus. Didn't mean anything to me until I read your book and it changed my life. The early church and the writers of the New Testament were all Jewish. They understood things in the light of the Hebrew scriptures. Today, if you don't understand the Jewish roots of the church, then it leads to misinterpreting the scriptures. Plus, through his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection releases the favor of God. You will understand the mystery revealed in scripture on how you can access the promises of God as you bless Israel through your prayers, support, and by sharing the gospel with them. I spoke to one pastor, and this is what he literally said to me. Once I understood the Jewish connection, I felt like I was born again, again. You are going to have a depth to your faith and find yourself on the right side of God and the blessings of God will overtake you. Don't miss out on getting Ron Cantor's powerful and riveting book, Identity Theft, and his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection Releases the Favor of God. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9215. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9215 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. Right, you're, you're just exploding so many <laughs> concepts that many of our viewers have never heard. But let's go back to what we ended with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said the Jews killed Jesus, the Gentiles killed Jesus. So speak a little more about that. Well, the Bible's very clear in Acts chapter 4, verse 27. It says, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Yeshua, whom you anointed. That pretty much covers everyone. You know what I find interesting, Sid, is uh, 
nobody goes to Rome to blame the Romans for killing Jesus. It wasn't Jews who put the spikes inside uh, in Yeshua's hands and feet. It was Roman soldiers. But you never hear of anybody going to Rome and saying, oh, you Christ killers. It's always just the Jews. But at the end of the day, I know who killed Jesus, and it was me. And it was you. He died because we sinned. If it wasn't for our sin, he would not have had to die. And you know what he says in John chapter 10? He said, no man takes my life. I freely lay it down. But why, like in the Gospel of John, it says the Jews did this to Jesus, the Jews did that to believers in the Messiah. Uh, That would trigger some anti-Semitism. if you actually look at who they're referring to, the Jews specifically meant those from Judea, not all Jewish people. But even if you look deeper in context, for instance, in John 18 and 19, it refers to the Jews, but then it refers back to a conversation that the Jewish leadership had after Lazarus was raised from the dead. And that was just a small group of Jewish leaders. And it refers to that small group of Jewish leaders as the Jews. So typically in act in rather John 18 and 19, when it says over and over again, the Jews, it's referring to the high priest and the small group of Pharisees that met with him. Okay. Uh, I want to take Ron back to the uh, involuntary witness protection program that Jesus has been in and is about ready to come out as Yeshua. As a matter of fact, it does say on the cross in three languages, King of the Jews. Right. So tell me how something so Jewish, I mean, everything you told me is Jewish, became the opposite of Judaism. It's so Jewish that 3,000 men plus women and children on the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, they were baptized, and they thought baptism was a Jewish thing. They didn't say, oh, we're going to enter into a new religion called Christianity and, and this new thing called... No, baptism was Jewish. All throughout Jerusalem, there were baptismal tanks, or mikvot, where Jews would go into those before they would bring their sacrifice to the temple. And this grew as something Jewish, but as Gentiles began to come into the kingdom, they quickly overshadowed the Jewish wing of the body of believers, if you will. They outnumbered us. Absolutely. And then in 49, the year 49, Claudius, the Roman emperor, kicked all the Jews out of Rome. Now, not just non-Messianic Jews, non-believe, all the Jews, Messianic Jews, everyone. They were kicked out. And then five, six years later, he dies. The Jews are allowed to come back into Rome. But during the time while they're gone, the Roman believers, very young Roman believers, who, by the way, had no Bible during that time because there was no New Testament. There was only the Torah scrolls and the writings. And when the Jews were kicked out, they took the Bible with them. So there had no means for revelation, but they still came up with a theology that God was punishing Israel by having the Jews kicked out of Rome. So when they came back, they were treated like second-class believers. Now, when Paul hears about this, he writes this wonderful book called Romans and sends it to the believers in Rome. And he says, listen, the gospel is to the Jew first, then to the Greek. In Romans 11, he says, has God rejected Israel? By no means. King James, I love it. God forbid. He repeats it in verse 11. And then he goes on in verses 17 to 23, 24, some of the most 
scary verses in the Bible where he says to the new Gentile believers, do not turn against the Jewish people. You, a wild olive tree, branches have been grafted in into this godly root. And yes, some of the Jews have been broken off, but God can graft them in. But don't judge them. Don't be arrogant. I'm quoting now, don't be arrogant, but be afraid. God can graft them back in. And so he was warning the Gentile church. I don't believe he was just speaking to a few Roman believers during that time. He was speaking to the church of the ages and he was saying, do not turn against your your elder brother Israel. So talk to a Gentile pastor that is against the Jewish people having the land of Israel, (laughs) against the Jews because they're forever cursed. Talk to him right now for a minute. Well, if you love Yeshua, if you love Jesus, you got to realize that you love a Jew. You love the, the writer of the Bible that says God can never reject Israel. Only if the sun disappears, the moon disappears. Jeremiah uh, chapter 31 says only then can God reject the nation of Israel. I would encourage you to read the scriptures afresh. Let your minds be cleansed from what you've learned about replacement theology and just read the Bible without anyone else telling you what it means. And just like I would challenge Jewish people to read the Old Covenant and ask yourself, apart from the rabbis or anyone else, is Yeshua the promised Messiah? I would challenge you to read the promises of God to Israel and see if you alone in your study would come to the conclusion that the Jewish people have been replaced by the church. What about end times? What if a Christian does not understand the Jew in Israel, and even worse, is anti-Semitic in these last days that we're living in? Well, I think it would be a, 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 a... just a a rude awakening for somebody who's anti-Semitic and a believer in Jesus to find out when he comes back that he's Jewish. (laughs) This man that they love is one of them. Uh, I would warn them to be very careful. The warning in Romans 11 is very clear. God said, I can break you off too if you are not kind towards the Jewish people. I would just challenge everyone at home to read Romans 11 verse by verse for yourself and see what conclusion you come to. But I I personally believe that as we get closer to the coming of Yeshua, that this issue of Israel will be a divide, just like abortion. I I don't believe that you can be a born-again believer in Yeshua and celebrate the murdering of unborn children. I also don't believe that you can be an on-fire born-again believer in Yeshua and say, God is against Israel. God is judging Israel. God hates Israel, as many church fathers actually said. Well, you've got a lot to be thinking about. But the most important to be thing to be thinking about is, is Jesus your Lord? But he's come out of the witness protection program. No more identity theft. Is Yeshua, the King of the Jews, your Messiah and Lord? How can you say you love God and be separated from God by your sins? The blood of Yeshua washes away your sins, makes you clean, as righteous as the Messiah. And then you ask the Messiah of Israel to live inside of you. Do that right now. You'll find out. He is pure love and loves you. Travel back in time and walk with and talk to the real Jesus of the New Testament, Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. 
Call now to get Ron Cantor's powerful and riveting book, Identity Theft, and his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection Releases the Favor of God. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9215. Through this life-changing must-read book, you will better understand the precious gift of new covenant grace that Jesus provided for you through His death as Messiah, the Passover Lamb. The powerful blessings that are yours, not only from the New Testament, but also those promised by God to Abraham, Moses, and the prophets of the Old Testament. Through the Jewish eyes of the early church, better understand the meaning behind the words Jesus spoke, the parables He shared, and truths He taught. Receive an impartation of the supernatural for every area of your life and get to know Jesus in a more intimate way. Plus, through his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection releases the favor of God as you bless Israel. Don't miss out on getting Ron Cantor's powerful and riveting book, Identity Theft, and his two-part audio CD teaching, The Israel Connection releases the favor of God. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9215. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9215 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to survive? I'm going to take you to an eyewitness, literally could feel, touch, see this day, and he says, it's about upon us.